even downright buddy, buddy, buddy Wish I missed the past, buddy, buddy But there's still buddy cats Now don't be naughty, go meet everybody Here on buddy cats Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the founder and host of BuddyCast, Nick Sorensen. Welcome back, buddies. Long time no seek. It's time for another episode of everybody's favorite show, BuddyCast. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen, and joining me today is a new buddy, my new buddy, Michael. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm great. That was very impressive. I feel like I'm on the Tonight Show. It's very exciting. Oh, love it. Love it. That's a huge compliment for us. <laughs> yes. So, Michael, you're an actor. What inspired you to get into acting? Uh, right. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't know the answer to that question. I started when I was, a, I started when I was very young. I don't remember... Um, I don't remember if there was a specific thing that inspired me. It's, it's one of those things where I think I just sort of came out of the womb and, and wanted to be a performer. I honestly, um, it, 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 it's something that has been with me my entire life. And so, uh, I, I can't, I can't point to one, point to one like inspiration or one movie or, or one, anything, you know, that happened to me when I was a kid. Sorry. That's, that's my answer. No, no, you're fine. If I, do you remember any like early roles that really you that you really put yourself into, like anything from high school, mm -hmm. anything that you just that sticks with you to this day? Well, yeah, I mean, yes, there are there are things that I can point to, yes, uh, for sure. Like for instance, um, Al Pacino was a was a huge influence on me when I was a kid. Um, I there's a movie I want to say it's from 1973, 1974, something like that. It's called Dog Day Afternoon. Have you ever heard of it or seen it? Mm -mm. Okay. Dog Day Afternoon. Write that down. Um, it is a it is a classic film from the seventies. It stars um, Al Pacino, and uh, and it's directed by uh, a brilliant film director named Sidney Lumet. I don't remember when I saw it. I can't imagine. I mean, I must have seen it as a child. I don't know why I saw it because it's definitely not a movie for children. It's about a um, it's about a bank robber. Al Pacino plays a bank robber and it's based on a true story, something that happened in Brooklyn, New York. Um, and he, he goes in to rob a bank and he, he ends up holding um, everybody in the bank hostage for uh, and maybe a day or a few days. I can't remember exactly. Anyway, the point is I, I saw this movie and Al Pacino to me is just the most amazing, brilliant thing to ever happen on the planet earth. And so uh, that was something for sure that I, that, definitely sticks in my head is like uh like i knew that that's what i wanted to be i really wanted to be al pacino then i guess some years later i saw him live in a play in new york called american buffalo and it was i remember it was a very small theater it was very intimate and i was sitting in the like the first row of the theater and al pacino was standing like you know two feet away from me i could i could smell him um and and uh uh, yes, a huge influence on me uh, still to this day. And I remember th thinking way back then that, yes, that's that's who I want to be, Al Pacino. Brilliant. I love that did you, ever see, did you ever see Saturday Night Fever with John Travolta? I have. Okay, so there's that. You you, have, you know, because I'm from New York. I'm, I was mm -hmm. born and raised in the Bronx. And, um, and in the late 60s and early 70s, um, all the guys from Brooklyn and the Bronx idolized Al Pacino. And it's in Saturday Night Fever. John Travolta is standing there in his bedroom in his uh, in his little bikini underwear. And he's staring at a, a, a poster of Al Pacino. And he says, Al Pacino. We all we all felt it. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, buddy, we have a mutual buddy in common, which is what I love about this show. Buddies connecting buddies, you know, yeah. or you never know yeah. what buddies are going to meet. Uh, we have a buddy, Lorinda. Yes. How did you two meet? How did you meet her? Uh, Lorinda Lasitza. How did I meet Lorinda Lasitza? Lorinda um, and I, of course, I was living in New York at the time, where I'm from. 
And um, Lorinda and I both were cabaret performers. I had a cabaret act um, and, uh, uh, and Lorinda had a cabaret act as well. We both were working and performing at a, at a place in New York called Don't Tell Mama, which still exists. Great mm -hmm. place to go if you ever want to go. If you're in New York and you want some nightlife and you want to see great New York cabaret performers, go to Don't Tell Mama. So anyway, we were both there. Well, I was there. I had been there for years doing my show. And I remember the day. I remember the day this 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 woman walked in. This 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 creature who I, I'd never seen anything like her before um you know and i'm <laughs> again i'm from new york city i'm born and raised in new york city i had seen everything i was completely jaded and yet lorinda walked in and it was like my mind exploded i i could not i, I could not figure her out at all I and mean, she's like she's like incredibly beautiful and she's funny and she's talented and then i heard her sing she has this voice and I remember thinking, I have got to figure her out. She was like a puzzle. I have got to meet this woman and I have got to like get to know her. And so I did. And we started talking and we became friends. And then we ended up doing a cabaret show together, which was one of the mm -hmm. wildest experiences I have ever had in my life. And she is a she is a tremendous performer. Uh, probably, maybe I, I don't know if I should say this. If I should, if I don't know if it's a secret probably going to be making her broadway debut next year i um, I, I don't know if i if i've said if the wrong thing lorinda if you're watching i'm sorry <laughs> um but 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 she is a she is a a marvelous powerful uh intense funny intelligent strong human being and she just attracts greatness to her and just magnifies greatness and all yeah i can't say enough about lorinda i love her she is she is a true buddy she's got a powerful story behind her she's just a fantastic singer i saw her when she did the knights of london show here in my hometown and that i just i got front row tickets for my birthday and that show blew me away like that show was just fantastic if you've ever seen it knights of london that's what it's called mm -hmm. no i have not seen it what so is it it's with um it's with a spot on entertainment which she works for and yes. it's a collaboration of elton john paul mccartney and gotcha. um, what's his yeah. name i know his name uh, andrew lloyd weber who is, okay. elton john is yeah. my favorite singer paul mccartney's a legend and um andrew lloyd weber is one of my favorite composers so that was just that was the trifecta for me. Got it. The Brits. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you got to see it. I'm so glad you met Lorinda. Yeah, she's great. Mm -hmm. And Lorinda tells me you have a powerful story too. She sent me a YouTube video that you have made from your powerful story. Your, if you don't mind sharing with our buddies. I, I don't. I don't mind sharing at all. Um, is this the story about my husband? Is that the yes. story you're talking? About? Yes. Okay. Got it. Right. I mean, yes, that is a, that is kind of an amazing story and um, it's long. So I won't bore everybody. We, with love, the long we love long stories on BuddyCast. So don't, don't <laughs> worry about it. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I, I will try to, I, I, okay. So I, I, I met this man, this, this incredible, beautiful man um, in 2009 and we, um, we went out, he asked me out on a date. So we went out on this date and we had dinner and we were talking and, uh, and now there's a flashback in the story. Mm -hmm. uh, cut to a flashback, 10 years earlier before this date, I had found this poem online and it became my favorite poem of all time. I loved it so much, but I could never find the name of the author. I couldn't find it anywhere else. I just sort of randomly found it on this one site. I absolutely don't remember what site I found it on. Uh, but I, I, and I searched and I searched and I tried to find the author and I thought maybe there were other poems by this person. 
couldn't find anything. But I love this poem so much uh, that I, I, I had printed it out and I, I folded it up and I put it in my wallet. I kept it in my wallet for years, like 10 years. Uh, now, back to the story. Uh, I'm having this date with this beautiful man. His name is Antonio. And <clears throat> of course, you're on a date. We're talking, getting to know each other. And he happens to say that he, you know, he likes poetry. And I was like, oh, you know what? I carry my favorite poem around with me in my wallet. And I, so I took it out of my wallet and I unfolded it and I gave it to him and he read it. He sat there and he read it for a second. And he looked up at me and he said, he said, is this a joke? And I said, why? What do you mean? You don't like it? He said, no, I love it. I wrote it. Wow. So he had written a poem that had been in my, in, my wallet for like 10 years and so of course at that at, at that moment i was absolutely uh, mesmerized and immediately fell in love um and in fact we ended up we 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 dated for a long time and then we did end up getting married um and I, the unfortunate part of the story the sad part of the story is that after we got married he got very sick and um and then and he ended up dying uh he had cancer um, and so, so that's the sad, unfortunate part of the story. But um, the time that we had together was um, was spectacular. It was like I was married to a rock star, and he was he was beautiful and intelligent, and um, and so creative and such an interesting person. Um, it was we we both felt like it was fate that we had found each other, and. Um, and as sad as it was, um, I, I still feel incredibly grateful for the experience. I feel incredibly grateful for having met him and, and having had the time that I did have with him. Um, so yeah, that's my that's that's the right. Could I ask uh, what was the poem? Well, the poem it was called "Wait for Him." Maybe people can find it online. I don't know. His name was Antonio Mojica, M O J I C A, from Puerto Rico. And uh, the name of the poem was "Wait for Him," and it was all about uh, when I found the poem. I had just actually broken up with somebody else, and I was just being miserable and um, and unhappy and. And I somehow found this poem that was so it was it's called Wait for Him. And it's about finding finding that finding that person that maybe your soulmate or find, you know, wait for that perfect person to show up, you know, stay patient, stay vigilant and all of that stuff. And it just like this poem just hit me um, and it was so beautiful. And and in fact, it ended up happening to me in my life. I waited 10 years and then he showed up. Um, and he showed up at a, at a dinner table in a restaurant and there we had dinner together and then we fell in love. So wait for him. Brilliant. That's the absolute truth. Wait, wait for love. Cause when it comes, when you wait for it and it comes, it's worth the wait. It was totally worth the wait. And again, uh, as sad as the ending was, I am so glad that it happened. And I'm so glad that, um, that I got that I got to meet and share time with this wonderful person. Beautiful. What's the biggest lesson or the the biggest impact that your husband taught you while with your time together? Oh my gosh. I mean there are so many. I mean the experience if anybody has ever been through uh, the death of a spouse or the death of a child or anything like that. You know, grief is a great teacher. Uh, unfortunately, it's very painful, but I learned so much from him and I learned so much from the experience. Um, you know what I, I will share with you? Um, one of the many things that I learned, not, not necessarily from him, but from the experience. Mm -hmm. and, and that was that everybody has a story. You're absolutely and right. What I mean by that, yeah, is that you know, we walk down the street, we get in our cars, we drive down the highway, whatever. We, we go shopping. We see people, you know, I live in a big city now. I live in Los Angeles and I, you know, you can see thousands of people in a day. Every single one of those people has a story. Everybody you see on walking down the street, everybody on the planet Earth has a story. Something has happened to them, something that they're carrying inside. Um, 
and none of us knows what that story is. Nobody knows what anybody is going through at any given time. So, um, the 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 default with with every human being you meet is to just be as kind as possible, to be as nice as you possibly can. You don't know what happened to that person on that day. They lost a spouse, they lost a child, they lost a job, they they broke up with a relationship, they, you know, they broke a nail, whatever it happens to be. Um, everybody has something going on. Everybody is preoccupied with something. And, and the best thing that we could possibly do to, the only thing that's gonna save the planet Earth is if we are uh, nice to each other. If we're buddies. There you go. Buddies. That's it. It's all you're absolutely right. That's the that's the theme, yes. Yes, that's the key about buddy cast. Everyone has a story, everyone has something going on, whether it's what they do, whether it's who they are, whether it's just just them in general, you know. Everyone has a story. Everyone there's something, even if you think you're the most boring person on earth, you still have a story no matter what. And it's that story that connects you to other people. And that's why I'm so glad I started this show. Thank you for reminding me. Of oh, that. my God. Well, thank you. And nobody is born, by the way. I mean, everybody no, no. is interesting. If you no, really absolutely. sit down and ask people questions about themselves, because uh, mm -hmm. people love to talk. We all love to talk about ourselves, especially. Oh, yeah. um, but everybody, everybody is interesting if you really, like, dig deep. Mm-hmm. You absolutely, that's the absolute truth. Now, speaking of powerful stories, you've been in some Darman videos, am I correct? I have been in many Darman videos, yes. Which one was your personal favorite? Oh my gosh, well, that's gonna be tough, but I, well, maybe not so tough. I actually, there's one in particular. It was just, I had so much fun shooting this one particular video. Um, there's one, well, for, for people out there who, who don't know what Darman is, Darman is a YouTube channel, D-H-A-R-M-A-N-N. -N. That's the gentleman's name. His name is Darman. And uh, he has a YouTube channel. And I believe, I hope I'm not mistaken about this. I believe it is the number two YouTube channel these days. Wow. Big. I think they have like something like 30 or 40 billion views. Crazy. Um, and so he does these, these short films basically. Uh, and I generally play the same type of person in every one. You've seen some of them. I know, uh, I'm usually the, the terrible person. I'm usually the evil person. I'm usually the, um, the villain, the angry, I'm the villain. I'm the angry, um, racist, homophobic, xenophobic. I hate everybody person. Right. Um, so we did this one video where I was a, um, where I played a club owner and, uh, and an influencer showed up at my club. She had just turned 18, I think. Uh, uh, this famous influencer shows up at the club and I throw her out because I, I'm wanting uh, more important people to be in my club. And so I, I, I throw her out and I let these other people in. And of course the other people end up uh, robbing me blind. Um, I like my character always gets it in the end. He always, you know, mm -hmm. he always learns a lesson in the end. Um, so I, I've been in at least, I'm going to say at least 30 darn man videos. Um, and, and that particular one where I was the club owner was, was the most fun I've had on, on a darn man set. However, having said that, I, I love every single one of the yes. videos that I'm in. I love them all. I enjoy them all. I love. I actually love playing the bad guy. Mm -hmm. That, that um, was going to be my next question. Was like, yeah. do you find it hard being such a nice guy, being <laughs> the villain? You know, or is it just part of acting for you? Like, is it something that you see as like a good challenge? I should say. You know, I mean, it, it's it's a little bit of a double edged sword. Because um, I love playing the villain. The villain to me is always the most interesting character. I, I have so much fun being terrible to people in these videos. The bad part about it is that people out in the world, they see these videos and they take them very seriously. Mm -hmm. So 
So, you know, I actually had to stop reading all of the comments and then people would find me on Instagram, for instance, and they would send me these DMs that were really awful and hateful and they would attack me. And I, at first I, I would, I would try to respond to everybody. It was like, Oh no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just an actor. I'm just saying the words. I, I'm not real. I'm not really that person. Um, but, but, you know, it just kept going. And because the channel is so popular, I, I get tons of them. And so I had to stop kind of reading the comments and answering the DMS. I had to stop because it was just, it, it was just too much. Um, but again, I, I love, I love the people at Darman. I love the actors I work with. I love the team at Darman. Dar is a great guy and super generous. And, and um, I love being there. So I'm not going to stop doing it. Um, yeah. But, but I, I want, I want to give everybody, everybody a disclaimer. Like I'm just an actor. Yeah, <laughs> you're a good guy. It's like um, it's like the episode of How I Met Your Mother with uh, Billy Zabka, where everyone keeps throwing popcorn at him and something. He's like, I was just a kid playing a role, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's hard. Like people really get into these things, and they really like the lines get blurred, um, and they take it they take it very seriously, um, like, which is great, I guess. But yeah. you know, like someone actually thinks you're like a ticked off man on a plane who just wants to drive next to this clutch who's actually the guy you're reading you know the guy something like someone thinks you actually because some people can relate to that some people can relate to being like having that moment where they're waiting for someone important or something or they see someone they think of someone important and then all of a sudden it turns out to be the guy right in front of them or something like that you know and they don't realize it until wait like they go into a job interview and this you know this other man is asking them some questions getting to know them and they're like yeah, yeah, yeah. They're thinking they're going to talk with like this big young executive or something. And then turns out, oh, Mr. Smith, uh, you can, uh, or your office is ready. Sorry, I just had to polish your desk or something. Right. And it's like, yeah, hey, yeah. Mr. Smith. Yes, I am. You know, it's, it is the classic story. It has happened to many people. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that role, that's actually how I found you as you being the villain on the plane next to the physicist. How tough was or what was that role? Not tough. How? What was that role like for you? What was What was that video like for you? Well, okay. Um, that ended up being a really important uh, video. I think not only for me personally, but I think for Darman, um, because of course the gentleman who I was working with. I'll explain the story again. I play this. Mm-hmm. I play this super evil guy. I'm j- I'm sitting on a plane and I, we haven't taken off yet, and I'm just incredibly annoyed that the person who is sitting next to me has down syndrome Mm. i'm just like i just don't want to be bothered and this guy is like super nice and and he wants to chat and he sees i'm reading this book about physics so he wants to talk to me about the physics book and i really just want to be left alone and i get very angry at him. And I, I scream at the stewardess, the flight attendant, and I ask to be upgraded to first class. And of course, um, so it was an interesting, it was an interesting shoot because of the guy who I was shooting with had down syndrome. And so when, when I am working with an actor, I generally, <laughs> depending on how bad it is. And some of those, some of the Darman videos uh, have been very bad. I, you know, I, particularly played like horrible racists. And so mm. I, I generally like speak to the actors beforehand and I, and I just make sure I want to very much make sure that everybody's comfortable, that everybody understands that again, this is just an acting role. And I apologize beforehand. I was like, listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna scream at you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yell at you. I'm gonna say some ugly things. Are we both cool? Is everybody cool? Whatever. Um, and I have to be honest, it was it was slightly more difficult doing it with this with this great actor, this guy who had Down syndrome, because I thought, oh, my God, I cannot believe I'm about to say all these things to this poor guy. But but like everybody else who I worked there with, um, he was he was kind and generous and, and gracious and understood completely the situation. It was like, yeah, go ahead. It's all fun. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, but the interesting thing about that particular video was that um, at some point later, after it uh, after it dropped on YouTube, it got a it got a huge response, 
I got a huge response. And there's a there's a, an actress. Uh, I believe she's an Academy Award winning actress named Viola Davis. Hmm. She's in the what is it? The Woman King right now. Go see it. The Woman King starring Viola Davis. Anyway, so she saw the this video. She saw the the Darman video and loved it and reposted it. And so the next day I was flooded. I got thousands of uh, Instagram followers that day and I was flooded with DMs and like everybody was texting and calling and emailing saying, oh my God, did you see Viola Davis, blah, blah, blah. Then the day after that, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, the actress Michelle Pfeiffer, she saw it on Viola Davis's feed. So then she reposted it and then it just blew up like crazy. So that was a... That was a big Darman video for me. And that, that's the one that everybody talks about. Everybody, when I, on the occasions when I get recognized out in the world, um, it's generally because of that video. Everybody has seen that video. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's how we met, you know? That's how, and it was inspiration because you know what the biggest lesson I took away just from your story alone about the actor with Down syndrome? You yeah. know what the main difference between him and you is? Or you and me, or him and me, you could see his challenge in life. Uh, yeah. We talked about it in the beginning. We all have a story. We all have a challenge. You can't tell this about me now, but I have a form of dwarfism called hypochondroplasia. Translation, I'm a little person. Okay. And I say that all the time. You can see my challenge. Like, I can't hide it, you know? I can't walk on stilts very well. I can't, you know, it's pretty obvious. Something like that. But he chooses to take his you know, and I don't want to say challenge in the bad way, like, you know, nothing like that, like nothing like, oh, it's a challenge. It's like this. But he takes something that he has to live with every day and he turns it into something great. He wanted to be an actor just like you. Right. Right. You know, and he obviously did a fantastic job just from that video alone. Yeah. Right. I get. Yes, you're absolutely right. Every everybody like I, like we were saying before, everybody has a story. Everybody has a challenge. Everybody has something. Everybody's carrying some, you know, huge luggage around with them, some huge baggage. Some of it we can see, some of it we can't. Mm-hmm. And speaking of actors you've worked with, who are some other impacting or inspirational actors that you've gotten the, the opportunity to work with? I know there's probably a resume of list, you know. I mean, I, well, here's the thing. Yes, I, um, I have because I, I, I started. I did, in fact, start working as a child actor. I think I got my first job when I was about, I don't know, ten, somewhere between ten and twelve or ten and thirteen, something like that. I got my, my first, my first job. So I've done a lot of work, and I've worked with so many great, great, great people. And I got to watch uh, really great, amazing people. I did a movie many years ago with, um, I was just a, just a couple of scenes, but I worked with uh, Dustin Hoffman. Ooh. And that was, uh, that was a tremendous experience because we were sitting there. I, if you know this about filmmaking, most of filmmaking is just sitting around and waiting. You just you get there, you know, at six in the morning or whatever, and you're waiting for hours and hours and hours. You go through makeup and you're waiting for them to set up the lights and set up a camera and get the background people and all of that stuff. Like it's a lot of waiting. So I was sitting there literally with Dustin Hoffman for like a week and um, and and he was incredibly um, this. It was so great. I mean, because at the time, of course, he was a. He still is a, a huge star, a huge movie star. And uh, uh, but all he wanted to do was talk and he wanted to talk about acting and he wanted to talk about theater. And he was interested in what I had to say about acting. And, oh, are you taking class? Where do you take class? What scenes have you worked on? Um, blah, blah, blah. And uh, and so that was a really tremendous experience to be able to um to be able to work with him and to be able to talk with him about stuff. I love talking about acting and actors and theater. Um, Robert De Niro, I, I worked on a, a tiny, 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 tiny little role in a Robert De Niro film. Uh, so that was amazing to, to sit there with him and watch him and talk with him about stuff. Uh, so many people. Uh, there's an amazing actress who is still one of my best friends in the whole world. We worked together as children and uh, her name is Trini Alvarado. And uh, she is a, uh, She's an amazing, amazing actress. If you've never seen any of her, of her work, 
you should find her uh, online. Uh, Google Trini Alvarado, and and you will see a huge amount of work that she's done. And uh, and I am blessed to to call her a friend and. And, and then again, when I was working in New York in the cabaret rooms, so many tremendous, talented people in New York City, uh, singers, actors, dancers. Uh, a great friend of mine uh, named Jason VC is on Broadway right now in uh, A Strange Loop, which is closing in January. So if anybody's in New York City and wants to see great theater, go see A Strange Loop. Um, I mean, I could, I could sit here for hours and talk about all the tremendously inspiring people I've met and worked with. Brilliant. How about people you want to work with? How about that question? Uh, people I want to work with, I would, uh, you know who I want to work with? Uh, yes, I mean, I have a whole list, of course, but um, mm -hmm. there, are, there are particularly people right now. Um, uh, and I hope, hope this doesn't sound horrible. Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda is 85 years old, I believe, and I want to work with Jane Fonda. Uh, I want to have that experience soon. Um, uh, you know who I love is uh, Pedro Pascal. Um, I want to work with him. I don't know if you know him. He was on Game of Thrones. You know who I just worked with? I just worked with this uh, amazing actor named Guillermo Diaz. Um, he was on a TV show for many years called Scandal. I was mm -hmm. in New York over the summer and I got to do a movie with Guillermo Diaz. And that was a, um, that was a dream. That was, uh, Fantastic. Who else do I want to work with? Oh my gosh, so many people. Oh, wait a minute. I want to work with Al Pacino. There you go. That's the answer I was waiting for. That's what I should have said. I want to work with Al Pacino still. And he's still working. He's on a fantastic uh, show on Amazon called Hunters. Um, and I'm assuming he's in his 70s. He's, no, he's definitely in his 70s. He might even be in his 80s as well. And he's still out there working. He's still out there being amazing. Still, um, still doing incredible work, which is so inspiring. If you ever got the chance to work with Al, what would you do? <laughs> well, you know, I'm actually really good about like totally like being cool on the outside and like, you know, like like and panicking on the inside. So that's what would happen. I would be panicking on the inside like my my organs would be like shifting around. Um, but on the outside, I would be I would be. I would be totally cool. You know, again, he's from the Bronx. I'm from the Bronx. Uh, so I'd be like, yo, Al, what's up? <laughs> nice. Nice. If you're from the Bronx, I got to ask as a Yankee fan, you ever been to Yankee Stadium? Of course I've been to Yankee Stadium, although I will have, I have to admit something. I have definitely been uh -oh. to Yankee Stadium. When I was growing up in the late 60s and early 70s, my Italian family, they were all Mets fans. So we used to go to uh -oh. Shea Stadium. Yeah, sorry. Ooh, uh, it's okay. I'm I'm a Yankee fan dating a red or engaged to a Red Sox fan. So, oh, oh, so you know, you the, the struggle is real. Oh yeah, I met the in-laws for the first time and uh, got that disclaimer out there. And her father said, "And we're supposed to forgive you or something?" Oh yeah, no, I'm sorry. No Red Sox. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> you should see the look she's giving you now. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. But yeah, I'm sorry. I grew up in New York. The Red Sox. That that's a that is a um that's a feud that will never end. Sorry. No, never, never, never. But the best part is every time I we visit her hometown in Massachusetts, I wear my Yankee cap right through the airport and just oh my god, number of you're gonna dirty get, get somebody's gonna throw a brick in your face. Are you kidding me? Yeah, just count the dirty looks I get. Just count someone's come up to me and gone, you can't wear that hat here. And I'm like, no. and I, yeah. just, I just did the hat thing where you just like adjust the hat, like just the, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm serious. You're taking your life in your hands there. That's crazy. I live life dangerously. What can I say, okay. you know? Okay. Well, yeah, sure. You're, you're dating a Red Sox fan. That's pretty dangerous. Uh -huh. So, buddy, now I got to ask, are there any upcoming roles you can share with our buddies watching? Yeah. Uh, yes. Well, I. um I just told you about, I just, in, in uh, this, uh, this past summer, I, I filmed a movie in New York. It's called You Can't Stay Here. It is a, uh, it is a horror movie about, uh, I shouldn't say horror. It's maybe a suspense. It's a suspense thriller about a serial killer based on a true life serial killer in New York City in the 90s. Um, so that will probably come out 
in maybe February of next year. It's called You Can't Stay Here. That's the one I did with Guillermo Diaz. Uh, before that, I did a film called um, The True Blue Ripper, and that one is definitely a horror movie. Uh, and I, again, I play a very terrible person. I play a very evil racist cop in that one. Uh, but I just saw it at a screening recently and it's so great. I'm so excited about it. The, the True Blue Ripper. Uh, that's, uh, I'm told that might end up uh, streaming pretty soon. And, uh, and then I have another film that's gonna come out very soon, I believe at the end of this year, maybe by mid to end of December. Uh, it's called, it's a science fiction film. It's called The Other Side of Infinity. I actually just saw that as well. Um, and it's sort of a, it's sort of a science fiction comedy, if that's a thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm sort of the comic relief in this science fiction film. It's about, it's, it's literally about the last day of the, of the planet Earth as the Earth goes hurtling towards the sun. Um, so yeah, so those are the, the, those are three projects that I have coming up and I'm going to be in the Darman Christmas special. Ooh. We just we just shot it, yeah, and so that will be. I'm assuming that'll go up online sometime in December. I don't know when, but look for the Darman Christmas special, and it's huge. Every practically every person from Darman is in it, and I think it's going to be like an hour and a half. I think it's an actual like movie feature length wow. film. Yeah. Well, I was about to say, aren't those videos usually like 15 minutes or something like that, or like just usually or, or less? But no, this one he did one movie last year that was about a little over an hour. And I think this one is like going to be a full 90 minutes. Uh, yeah. So look for it. Yeah, it's the Darman Christmas special. Nice. Now, I asked you about the biggest lesson you learned from your husband. What about the biggest lesson you learned from Dar? Oh, again, it's sort of the same. Um, everybody has a story, but also. Um, oh, I guess it's kind of like what I was saying before is that. Um, the, the lesson is always to never, never assume, never presume anything about anybody else and to always, and to always just be kind. Um, oh, let me, let me qualify that statement. Um, Dar and his videos are, um, yeah, really about how we, um, how we treat people and no matter what our differences are, deep down, we all want the same thing. We all want to be happy. We all want to be with our friends and family. We all want to love people and be loved. Um, and I think he's doing, he's doing the, the world a tremendous service by, by making these videos. And... Yeah. And I, and I, again, I, I think, of, and, and I'm, I, again, I'm so, I'm so happy and I feel so blessed to be a part of that, even though I'm always the bad guy. Um, yeah, I, that's, maybe that's a, a lesson too. Like, don't be like me. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, I, I, I guess it's the, it's the same thing that I was saying before. So always like be cognizant that, that people are always going through stuff, that everybody has a story uh, and just be as kind as you possibly can. Um, and if you're, if, you're, if you're going to, if you're angry and you're gonna attack, it's just always like, stop, take a second, stop, take a breath and go, okay, you know what? This is not, I, I, don't, I don't need to be angry in this moment. Good luck to you. Thank you. Whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. We all have that anger moment. We all have that moment where someone's taking too long in line, like something that little to something major, like someone's get making us road rage because of the way they're driving, something like that, or someone's doing something major to us, like someone's actually calling us out on something, you know? And it's that moment. Yeah, you just need to breathe, relax. Everyone's going through something. The lady that's taking forever in line, maybe she just having a rough day because maybe she's going through a lot of challenges. The person driving like a wacko on the street could have somewhere important to be to maybe, you know, there's a relative in the hospital or something like that. You know, you never know what someone's going through. 
So you're exactly yeah, I mean, I right. Think, I think they, you know, <clears throat> the idea behind all of his videos are like always, always treat people with respect again, which is so important now, you know, in this, especially in this country, the way our politics are and mm-hmm. everybody, everybody just sort of hates each other. Um, so yeah, everybody yeah. just stop and take a breath. And that's why BuddyCast was created with everything that was going on in 2020 from politics to the pandemic. I'm like, this world just needs a feel good story, a feel good, you know, not feel good as in though, like, oh, here's a good tale about something. But why you do what you do? Like why you wake up every morning and are excited to be an actor? Why the, you know, the um, trying to think like the comedian who hasn't had a role in two years, you know, in two years because of the pandemic still practices his jokes every day. Why the singer who went from a full schedule to maybe just a few weekends here and there because of this pandemic, because things are still wrapping up, still does what she does, you know? Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. And that's Buddy Cast was created. Yeah. And that's so great. I mean, I feel, again, I feel blessed um, because I think at some point in my life, very early on, I, I made a choice. I'm not even sure it was a conscious choice. Uh, but I, I knew that I loved what I was doing so much, but you know, it's not easy. It's a very hard career. To, oh, absolutely. To have. And so, uh, and I, so, but I made the choice to just never give up. Never. And even when I'm poor and even when I'm, you know, eating ramen noodles for dinner and, you know, all of that stuff, you know, because your career in, in you know, show business is like a roller coaster. It goes up and down. And sometimes, I, you know, I've gone a very long time without work. Um, but even in those moments, I'm so happy to be doing what I'm doing. I'm so lucky. And if I were to wish anything for everybody, that is uh, to to be able to do what it is that you really love. I, you know, so many people are just trapped in. In, in doing stuff every day because they feel like they have to, or they feel like, you know, they've been told that this is what's going, whatever. Um, uh, and, you know, f- if you can figure out what it is that you really love to do and then do it, commit to it a hundred percent, boy, even if it's the struggle, the struggle, I even, I love the struggle even because it's, because it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. You know what that reminds me of? My favorite saying from, have you seen the TV show Cobra Kai? I've never seen it. Oh my gosh, you've got it. You've got to see it. After this episode, go just watch the first episode and then text me on like like Thursday how far you are in the series. You know? Okay, I mean, mean, of course, who doesn't love Ralph Macchio? But I mean- Yes, so there's a saying in one of the early seasons that has always stuck with me. It says, man who works for passion is far richer than man who works for money. 100% true. There's no question about it. I mean, seriously, there's no question about it. I would rather be working on my craft and be poor than be doing something I hate and be rich. Exactly. You'd rather go to work every day just getting, hey, you can't get paid today. That's fine. I'll do what I have to do rather than, hey, here's a million dollars. Go plug in some numbers and stare yeah. at a computer I mean, screen all day. Just, I'm not going to lie. I would, I would love a million dollars, but you know, oh, we all would, you know? Yeah. At the same time, just sitting there every day, just doing the same thing, plugging away, doing something. That's something you, but would was, I mean, you know, there are people who love doing that. There are people who oh, love you know, yeah. working in an office and that's fantastic. If you love that, then absolutely do it and, and do it a hundred percent. But I just know a lot of, you know, obviously we all know that a lot of people like, Mm-hmm. don't get to do don't what choose to do of. yeah they don't get to do what they dream of there are some people out there who want to be an actor who want to be you know who want to be in darman videos who want to be singers who want to be comedians they just they feel trapped like you said again yeah. again even if it's not in a creative field i mean even if you want to be a doctor or something mm-hmm. and you feel like you're 40 years old and you feel like you can't do it well you know what Go out and be the first forty-year-old in, in in medical school. Just do it. I mean, I don't know. That's yeah. Hey, my that's my Patch hope for everybody. Yeah, my buddy Patch Adams did it. You know. That's right. Yep. Now, buddy, I've got two more questions for you. We okay, have to I'm ready. Make this an official buddy cast with these two questions. Okay. The first one is brought to us by my buddy Jonas Kane from Hashtag Positivity. 
He wants to know, okay. in your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy? Oh, my goodness. Well, that is a that is a very great question. Uh, and I, I think maybe I have somewhat of a complicated answer to that question. And when uh, this is this happens to, I believe, a lot of gay people, um, when you grow up gay, like I did, uh, you, there are countless, countless, countless thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, probably uh, stories of uh, gay people who um, uh, who were abandoned by their families because of that. So I think in many cases with gay people, gay people have to um, choose their own family. We find our own family. We find our people. So I, I know how incredibly important it is to have people, to surround yourself by people who support you and love you and fully 100% accept you um, and who will always be your ride or die, as they say. Mm -hmm. um, it's incredibly important in many ways, much more important than family. Again, because family is who we are, what is what we're born into. Friends or buddies uh, are the people that we choose. Mm -hmm. We get to choose. We get to choose each other, um, and and that is very special. It's a yes. very special thing. It's a very special relationship. It is really the connection that we have with our friends. I believe even more so than our families um, mm -hmm. is is really what makes us human. Um, and. And it, it's it's incredibly important. And as I as I have gotten older, my my sir, I was one of those people. I still am one of those people who like I know a million people. You know, I work in the yard, so I know and I worked for nine hundred years. So I mean, I know a million people. I have a million acquaintances, and I, I'm one of those people who can walk down the street in New York or Los Angeles and always constantly bump into people I know and all that stuff. And that's terrific. Um, but my circle of friends has definitely gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. It has gotten much more intimate. And I used to think that was a scary thing, but now I think it's a great thing uh, because those that's those are those people are your rock. Those are the people. Those are the people who you really like, who are, who will always be there for you. And it's so super important. You just remind me of one of my favorite Elton John songs, "Chosen Family." You don't need to be related to relate. You don't need to share genes or a surname. You are my chosen family. You know, so what if we're not related? We still go through the same things. You know, that's, that's what it. makes us chosen family. That's what makes us buddies. So, buddy, I've got one final question for you. It's called okay. the ultimate buddy cast buddy question. You ready for this one? <laughs> I, I hope so. For anyone out there who wants to be an actor, you've touched on this a little bit, but anyone out there who dreams of being an actor who, like you said, maybe just needs that little push needs that little bit of advice to find their way. What's your advice to them? Um, I think I think what I would say is no matter where you are in the country or in the world, um, there's always some, there's always some, there's, there's a local community theater, there's a local acting school, find it and take class. Um, I still, at this late stage of the game, I still take class. Uh, I started taking acting classes when I was, like I said, like 10 years old, or maybe even earlier than that. Um, but it, it's, it's, it absolutely keeps me focused and it keeps me grounded. And that's how you meet people. Obviously, that's how you learn things. That's how you learn about text about plays, about drama, about the camera. That's how you learn about yourself. So take class. That would be the first thing I would say to somebody. Go find a class, take a class, acting 101, whatever it happens to be, a scene study class. There, you meet other people who are interested in the same thing. And you work with those people and you network and you say, hey, maybe we can do a play somewhere or maybe we can get together uh, once a week at somebody's house and, and read a play together out loud. Um, 
that would be the other thing I would I would suggest is to read as many plays as you can possibly get. Watch as many movies as you can and then talk about them afterwards. Talk about what you liked, why you liked a particular performance, why what you thought about the direction um, in your local theater uh, community. Go see plays. Um, do all of that stuff. Even watch television shows. Watch a television show and then talk about it afterwards. Figure out why you liked it, what about it you liked. Um, every day you can do something. Uh, even if you're working a nine to five or whatever, you can do something, you can take 30 minutes and you can do something that sparks your creativity, that sparks your imagination. Um, and that kind of stuff uh, feeds on itself. Um, uh, imagination and creativity sort of like, it's like a rolling stone. Um, and and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and that's how you, I think that's how you create a life in general, but that's absolutely how you create a, a, uh, a career as an actor. And it's how you create a, a creative existence. Um, so yeah, so just study, just study, talk, try to learn whatever you can, read, all of that stuff, yeah. Brilliant advice, thank you so much. And thank you. For being a buddy here on BuddyCast, you're not a you're not a guest, you're a buddy. Oh, thank well, you. thank you for thank you for talking with me. It was great fun. Come uh, find everybody. Come find me on Instagram. Yes, what's your Instagram handle? It's Michael Vaccaro. M I C H A E L V A C C A R O. Michael Vaccaro on Instagram. Michael Vaccaro on Instagram. One second. There we go. <laughs> All righty, buddy. Well, thank you again for being a buddy here on BuddyCast. It was a true honor, a true pleasure. Stick around a minute. We'll chat afterwards. But okay. before we end this episode, I have yeah. one favor to ask you. Okay. Whatever you do today, tomorrow, next week, next month, heck, even next year, please go be someone's buddy. I love that. Awesome. For all my buddies out there, this is my buddy, Michael Vaccaro. Please look him up on Instagram. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen. We'll catch you all next time here on everybody's favorite show, BuddyCast. Well, the days are going fast. Buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last. Buddy, buddy, before they've all gone fast. Buddy, buddy, tune in to BuddyCast. Make it, buddy, here on BuddyCast.